You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the top, this is Locked On Indians, and I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. I want to remind everyone to rate and review on the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes. That is all really important to our numbers. On today's show, we'll talk about today's game. We'll talk about the performances in the game. We will talk about Trevor Bauer and what we've been seeing with him. And then the second half of the show, we're going to look at statistics, see where the Indians match up, kind of go through the team, and we'll also look at uh, some interesting minor league transactions that we have seen over the past few days. So the Indians uh, lose one today. It's hard to be too upset when you're facing uh, Jose Barrios, who's been very good, and they've already taken... Two out of three from the Twins. Roberto Perez with his 10th home run of the year, now tied for second on the team. Um, You know, he's never going to hit for a high average, but the power is very clearly there. So if you can deal with the the lower average, I mean, let him murder lefties and uh, just have him bat low against righties. Mercado got a pinch hit home run to make it a little bit closer there towards the end, but it's still a loss for the Indians because Trevor Bauer gives up three home runs. Uh, which, you know, it's hard to overcome that. All three of them, the Max Kepler, and those are the only runs given up in the game. After yesterday's outing, you know, they had Edwards and Smith that were both left in the pen. They used both those guys today. So that is kind of where the Indians are at this point. Uh, Bauer is almost up to an ERA over four. He is just getting rocked uh, pretty routinely. And now... If you remember, I mean, I talked about this before the year began, that he was going to have regression. There was no way he was going to go from one of the higher home run rates in all of baseball per nine to the lowest, and that was going to stick. I did not expect the regression to be to this extreme, where, you know, he has more than doubled his home run rate. Uh, This isn't up to date. It's going to be even higher. It was at 1.1 entering the game. Uh the his walks are you know uh, up to the worst we've seen in the last four years his uh, strikeouts are down from a year ago he is just not the same pitcher he has given up 13 home runs he gave up nine last year nine and he's up to 13 this year um this is why i was you know i knew there'd be a degree of regression and that's part of the reason why i was very much advocating trading him in the offseason um, the problem is with every start, his value is diminishing, uh, and what they could have gotten for him in the off season is, I feel like, significantly less than what he's worth now. It's gotten to the point where even if the Indians wanted to trade him at the deadline, it'd be very hard to do. He's also lead the lead, lead in the league in uh, hit uh, batters. Uh, he had nine last year. He's up to ten this year. It's just a sign of. Uh, control not being there at all he just cannot spot his pitches um tito leaves him out there for eight innings uh i know the pen was stretched out but uh you know he's he was not effective and you know especially when kepler comes up after he's already gone yard on him twice and he's already been through the lineup multiple times there's no excuse for him to still be in there and Kepler to hit him in the seventh um that's just bad managing on every single level but I I don't know what to do with Bauer at this point uh you almost can't trade him because he's hurt his trade value so much you need to hope that he can 
rebound the second half of the year and then maybe you trade him this offseason, but then you're going to lose a lot of value because he's a one-year rental at that point instead of a year-and-a-half rental. Um, yeah, I mean, they we are at a situation now where I can say 100% Trevor Bauer should have been traded in the offseason. Um, the Indians in of themselves are struggling to stay around 500. Like I said, the loss today, uh, while acceptable, still knocks them down to 500. Uh, they had four hits today and two walks. Santana had the double. You had the, the two home runs. It was, you know, it's more of what we have seen uh, this year. You know, the ever-changing Jason Kipnis is now, uh, he hit second today since Mercado wasn't playing, even though he now, uh, I'm sorry, he has a, his um, average is two points higher than Jose Ramirez. The Jose Ramirez actually walks. So his on-base percentage is nearly 40 points higher. Uh, Ramirez's slugging percentage is higher. At this point, Jason Kipnis is literally the worst hitter on the Indians, and Tito keeps insisting that he needs to be batting somewhere between 2 and 6 when he should clearly be hitting ninth in every single game. Uh, I just, If you're the front office, I don't know what you do or how you explain it to him, but for someone who's supposed to be such a smart manager, it just comes down to it. Jason Kipnis has not been good in a few years. Uh, the fact that you're insisting on playing him when he's clearly toast, uh, and not just that you insist on playing him, that you're going to have him play high in the lineup. He is worth negative one war. So he is basically he's uh, a whole game below 500 or below. He he has cost the Indians a game this year with his performance. He's that far below the replacement level. Um, the last time he was an above-average offensive player was 2016. Yeah, that's three se- not counting this season. That's three seasons ago. And uh, yeah, it's just it. Since then, it's been a complete, total, utter slow collapse for him. And as a 32-year-old right now, I mean, he just does not have uh, have it together. There's n- no value offensively, no value defensively. Um, they were better off with Brad Miller at second base from what we've seen and based on production and play. That is where we are with Jason Kipnis. So the Indians are going to write out that contract. They will undoubtedly decline his option. Uh, there is no chance they pick up his option, which is for $16.5 million. They'll give him the $2.5 million buyout and say bye-bye. Um, he's Because the only way you keep him out of the lineup is if you don't re-sign him and the Indians cannot afford to have him come back because we know Tito will have Kipnis play even though he is clearly done. He's going to be lucky to get a minor league contract next year. He's going to be basically doing the Hanley Ramirez, the uh, cargo. That is where Jason Kipnis will be at this time next year. He's going to be bouncing around trying to find something, and the Indians will have... They don't really have a great internal option right now at second base because Yu Chen Chang's injury this year and then lack of production when he played. So I will be curious to see how they go about things. Um, I was, was it the, uh, I'll I'll go into it in the second half of the show, but I had someone uh, ask me about uh, since the Rays were interested in Kimbrel, if the Indians did decide to scrap it this year and trade hand. Uh, would the Rays be interested and what would that deal look like? And like I said, uh, that's my tease before uh, the second half of the show today. I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, We'll we'll shake it up. We'll go Blue Chew first. BlueChew.com. It's the little blue blue pill that's chewable. 
gets in your bloodstream quicker that way so when you need it it's ready to go you don't have to plan you can be a little more spontaneity spontane spontaneous this way i am sorry and blue chew gives you that chance for that spontaneity uh if you've ever been curious if you need a little help I mean, obviously, it's a business model that's working because you're seeing their advertisements everywhere on the web, or maybe I'm getting targeted ads because of uh, selling it on the podcast. But either way, they're doing well enough to have that money, much money put in the targeted ads. So it's a product that works. You can tell it works because of, of their name being out there so much. BlueChew.com. You go there. You enter our promo code MLB. Free trial. Discreetly mailed to your house. You don't have to deal with any embarrassment, any worry. Things in the bedroom can often be a little embarrassing. I mean, I'm a good Midwestern boy. I know it is for me. So discreetly mailed to your door. You can give it a whirl. See what all the hype's about. Hotels.com. I use them. It is the whole thing is it's going to save you time and save you money. And if it saves you time and money, you'll use it again and again and again. And they'll keep getting that referral money because that's how their business works. Their whole business model is based off of keeping the consumer happy and keeping them coming back hotels.com they care because their caring is what keeps their business going i use them you should use them too and we're back so i before the break gave that tease uh about a brad hand trade and one of the things that came to mind as i was looking at tampa bay is while the top of their uh you know jose alvardo is their closer and he's doing a a fine job um, in that role. The rest of the team's pen is, I mean, you could argue that as the one weakness this year for Tampa Bay as they're chasing the uh, chasing the Yankees down while trying to fight off the, um, the Red Sox. And, you know, it's been a little more um, magnified with uh, Jose Alvarado being away for the week and that really getting to see what their pen's like. Uh, you know, even their depth guys, when you look at their overall pitching staff, it's going to be with uh, Jose De Leon and Tyler Glasnose are both out for a while. So when you just look at the, uh, the the whole picture right now for them, you know, Ryan Stanek is more of an opener. He doesn't have a lot of innings, neither does Glasnow. You got Morton and Snell, who are getting a lot of innings for them. Uh, Castillo and Alvardo have been uh, solid. Uh, Emil Pagan has been... For her, is it ERA being his, uh, oh, that's, you know, he's been really good in his limited role. Uh, Chaz Rowe has been okay. Adam Kolarik, yeah, I mean, he's been about average. But, uh, you know, Jalen Beeks has definitely stepped up as a starter for them this year. They have some pieces, but they obviously felt like they needed to get better. They didn't chase uh they didn't put some time in on Kimbrel just for their health they did it because it's a it's a concern and with the way hand is played and for a team like tampa his value is extremely high just like it is for cleveland he is a cost controlled player on multiple years of control so what could the indians get now i mentioned how they don't really have a great internal option especially if the indians wait till july i'm going to put forth a name uh that could stand out and make sense for the indians because when we go over and you look at um you look at what tampa has done offensively this year uh brandon Lowe has been fantastic and they have him locked up uh g-man Choi has been really solid for them in first base and they got nate Lowe sitting in the minors uh mike zanino has not been uh stellar at uh catcher for them Willie Adames is fine at shortstop. You got uh, 
Daniel Robertson's been not great, but Yandy Diaz was hurt. Now that he's back, they don't have to worry about that. <sighs> Tommy Pham, every time I look at him and I see how he's playing, I just it makes me mad because I don't know how the Indians missed the boat on trading for him. Tampa gave up nothing for him a year ago, and I still don't get how they uh, they did that highway robbery. Key Myers about league average, and then you got his defense. Azavel Garcia has been solid for them this year. Austin Meadows has been finally uh, displaying what everyone thought he would do. I've been really upset about uh, Azavel uh, because he's another one where I thought, oh, you know what? The Indians should take a flyer on this guy when he was let go by the. Um, he had an injury plagued uh, age 27 year. He had been an all star at 26. He was designated. Uh, White Sox didn't, you know, they believe instead of offering him uh you know salary arbitration they just let him go and uh he's been utterly fantastic this year in tampa he's basically uh recreating his age 26 year when he was an all-star and uh if you're curious you know when tampa signed him as a free agent he got uh 3.5 million for this year he'll be a free agent uh in next year but yeah he's uh they got him for nothing so i just kind of look at that and i'm like oh there's two guys that really uh you know you can dig out the tweet that shows that i was i was pushing for uh for both of those guys but the point is they're a team that's really set you don't have a lot of those pieces to fill in i mean you might remember matt duffy's currently on the 60 day disabled list who they got a few years ago um they have uh, Nate Lowe, I mentioned. They've got a lot of young guys. But one guy I have not mentioned who could be part of a hand deal is Joey Wendell. A year ago, Joey Wendell um, was the second-best rookie in the American League. Uh, he was playing a, uh, a really strong second base, and he was a, an above-average hitter. He hit for uh, average. He had a little bit of pop, mostly gap power, but you'll take it. He showed an offensive profile that, uh, yes, he is already 28. You know, we're talking about Azevel Garcia, who's already like seven years in the majors, and and uh, Joy Wendell is, uh, or actually he's 29. But he's one of those guys you have uh, control through the 2023 season. He could naturally step right in. Now, if I am talking with Tampa, and I know some people are going to sit back and say, wait, the Indians got uh, hand and uh, Simber a year ago and only gave up Mejia. And Mejia was a top 15 prospect at the time, um, and Hand was actually in a bit of a decline at the time. He uh, His velocity was down, and his performance was not as good as a year ago. So his value was down. At this point, he is one of the top relievers in baseball, left-handed with multiple years of control. His value now is higher than it was at this time a year ago. So that is also why, after asking for Wendell, who has been hurt and hasn't performed this year and is already older, um, I would ask about Jesus Sanchez. They're uh, one of the top outfield prospects. Is a team loaded in the outfield. He's been a 300 hitter in the minors. Uh, really hard to strike out in the minors. There's some pop there. And he's already on their 40-man roster. Just 21 years of age. There's a lot of positives with him, and that's kind of the prospect you get. Now, he's not going to be quite as highly rated as Mejia was, but again, multiple pieces. And then I would try to get Nick Solek as a third piece. And uh, I'd be willing to flip another minor reliever in that deal as well to uh, to get all three pieces. Solek is a second baseman who has just hit. Um, and he's had surprising power the past few years. He's already up to AAA. 
you could probably have him push his way into uh, the majors this year. I just feel like he's one of those guys that, you know, he's never really been a top prospect. I don't think he's cracked. He hasn't cracked anyone's top 10 prospect list at this point. Um, he's going to be one of those guys who never cracked a top 100, but is going to turn into a really good player. And again, they are, you know, they got Brandon Lowe. Um, they got Daniel Robertson. They have Yandy, Yandy Diaz. They have all of these guys playing already on the infield. But there's the chance you could get a Solak. You can get a Wendell because that's their depth. That's, that's, but the Indians just need bats in general. So that was just something I wanted to point out. Now, speaking of relievers, um, we're not going to get into the stats today. We'll save that for another one. But I wanted to get into the relievers today because there was some interesting movement in the Indians minor leagues when it came to relievers. Um, I mentioned a week ago Ben uh, Krauth and uh, Rob uh, Kaminsky got the push-up to uh, Columbus. Well, they are already back with the Rubber Ducks. Which, again, if a guy is going up and down, that is typically not uh, a good sign of um, where they are being valued. So, um, while I think they're both interesting guys, we can see that's that's not necessarily um, the big future pieces. The guys you want to look at are the ones who just got moved around, which was Nick Sandlin, last year's second-round pick, was pushed up to AAA. Um the fact that he made the double A in his draft year, and if he'd been healthy, he'd probably already be up to triple A. He's up there with James Karinchalk, who got the quick push, and both of those guys are sitting up there. Now, I mentioned before, I thought that when Sandlin moved up, they would move Broom up. Well, a day after Sandlin got the promotion, it was announced today that Robert Broom is going up to double A. So that's one of those things. You look at them, and you're just, they are pushing those relievers up. Uh, the bullpen's actually been good this year for the Indians, but if they do make a trade, all of a sudden uh, there are guys in the minors ready to be pushed forward. In Double A, you have Broom and um, Kyle Nelson are the really interesting guys, and Triple A, uh, uh, Karen Chalk, Henry Martinez, I think is still an interesting prospect, and of course uh, Nick Sandlin. But they are clearly pushing those guys up. Um, they've been aggressive with some young guys this year, like Zach Plesak, so that was interesting to see. Um, they also pitch, pushed up uh, Mitch, uh, or no, Connor Maribel. I don't know why I wanted to name him Mitch. And then they pushed up uh, Trenton Brooks, who was a, a former 17th-round draft pick. Who's He's only 23. He's moved pretty quickly through their minors. Um, he had been all right at Lynchburg, repeating the level. Not as good this year, but basically... Um, they needed uh, an outfielder with them pushing up Maribel. They needed to, to get some depth down there. Um, Akron's, uh, you got Mitch Luongo is a decent prospect. Alex Call is a decent prospect. Kaye Tom starting to get a bit older, but uh, he's been offensively fantastic this year. But they needed kind of a fourth, and that's where Brooks comes in. I think they want to let Call, Luongo, and Tom play every day, and I think that's part of the other reason for that. But yeah, it's you know the the Indians are clearly pushing their um, their relief pitchers up. Uh, we'll see when Kyle Nelson he would be the next guy to get kind of pushed up to to AAA if someone got pushed um, at this point. I mean, in Akron, Nelson has pitched 14 innings and has a .61 ERA, um, four walks, 25 strikeouts. Uh, he's not being challenged in the slightest. So that's that's kind of where the Indians are at this point with this bullpen, and that's what makes something like a Brad Hand trade um, uh, 
very feasible. And I, I am intrigued by the idea of Tampa. Um, you know, my deal is probably on the high end of things. It's probably still a hard deal to net. But if you could figure out, um, I mean, honestly, I would do Wendell Solak and a lesser outfielder if they didn't want to move uh, Sanchez, someone like, well, you know, uh, looking at it, they, they don't have a ton of outfielders. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Solak has spent some time in the outfield, so maybe it's something like Solak, uh, Fidel, uh, Brujan, who's a, a speedster with a good hit tool, or maybe you talk about Nate Lowe, the first baseman, who, um, yeah, his brother is in this system. I think two of his brothers are in the system, but is a little bit blocked right now because of uh, how well the uh, – the player they got from the Brewers, the first baseman, is playing. So there's, I, I I said on Twitter, like you look at this farm system. Shane McClanahan last year's first round pick is 11th. Nick Solak is 12th. You go through their 20. Uh, Nick Schnell, who was a first round pick last year, is 16. Taylor Walls, who uh, is hitting 279 with a uh, in high A this year with uh, some extra base hits, is 19. Uh, this is a team you could make for the first time in my life, uh, a legitimate, uh, candidacy, ca- legitimate candidacy, legitimate case that, um, players 11 through 20 are better than say Boston's one to 10. That's just how big of a difference there are between, uh, those two teams and how much depth Tampa has. So if Tem- Tampa is feeling close at the deadline and they do want to get another arm, I think there's a lot of ways that the two teams make sense. They have made trades in the past they have a, a history of working things out and uh yeah with just Wendell in particular uh stands out as a player who could help the Indians so we'll save the stats for next week we have not done a stat heavy piece in a while but uh that'll give some more time to see where players are uh check out the numbers see the home runs see if the offense is improving it has been a rough year for Indians fans but uh the upside is that if you've been listening, the after this stretch, we are almost out of hell stretch. Um, the Cleveland Indians schedule opens up significantly uh, after this Yankees series, and basically after the Yankees, it is, it, I mean, it is a time to gain ground. It is facing the bottom teams, teams contending for um, the worst pick in the draft. All the after this New York series this weekend. All the way to the All-Star break, it is the bottom feeders. So this will be the chance. If the Indians get to the All-Star break and they are still around 500, the season's done. Um, that's just the way of it. This is where they have to gain some ground and, and make it work. If it does not occur here, it won't occur anywhere. I want to thank you all for listening, for using the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes. All of that is fantastic. And as always, go Tribe.